Welcome to another exciting episode of Patanjali Yoga Sutra Commentaries by respected Dr. Chinmay Pandya. Each episode delves deep into a selected set of sutras, so be sure to follow along and remember to revisit any episode you may have missed. We hope you enjoy and do stay connected with DSVV by following our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages using the handle at DSVVOfficial. Pranams to everyone from Shantikunj Haridwar Deva Sanskriti Vishwavidyale. I would like to start with the recitation of the Gayatri Mantra. All of you are familiar with the purpose, significance, value and the preciousness of the Gayatri Mantra. There are more than 100,000 mantras in the Vedic scriptures and literature. And Gayatri is the mantra that is created with an idea that the divinity within each and every soul should be unleashed. If you look at the journey of the mankind, it seems that we are searching for a perfection. And this hunt for perfection that each and every individual human soul is carrying within themselves, it's coming with a deep instinct to discover an absolute timeless, eternal truth, Satya, Paramatma, Parmeshwar, Ishwar, whichever way you want to call it, along with a desire to unleash our hidden but divine possibilities and potential. And Gayatri is the mantra that allows one to walk on that path that we call as the path of Sanmarga, Sadhgyana, Sadbuddhi, Sadbhav, Righteousness. So those of you who could chant the Gayatri mantra, please do it with me. Feel that with each and every word of the Gayatri Mantra, the divine vibrations of the pious energy of the mantra are reaching to our soul, nourishing it, protecting it. Gayatri Mantra together. Om Bhur Bhuvaswa Tatsavetur Bhargo Devasya Dhemahe Dheyo Yonaha Prachodaya Pranams to everyone. We are restarting the discussions on the Patanjali Yoga Sutra, which is one of the most uh, wonderful scriptures ever written in India. Probably one of those scriptures that would never lose its value. The spiritual value inside it, the spirit that it has inside it, that can never be taken away from it. There are always two kinds of scriptures, no matter where we go and whatever time zone we are in. First are those which are of uh, practical importance. They have got an importance for a time being. They are of importance to a particular culture, geography, topography. They are of academic and scholastic importance. So you need to revise them. 
you need to amend them, you need to modify them, you need to embellish them. And that's why there are editions of certain books, first, second, third, fourth, 14th, 16th editions, because knowledge keeps getting updated. That's the scripture that has a temporal value inside it. But then there are scriptures which are of eternal value, timeless, absolute, precious. They are designed and fashioned as per the inner psyche, the inner architecture of the human being, what we are inside. And they would never ever lose the value. Because what they are talking about is the inner journey of the human beings that remains unaffected by the language I speak, that remains unaffected by the place I am born, that remains unaffected by the race that I belong to or the gender or the religion or the faith. They are about the spiritual pursuit of the mankind. And those spiritual scriptures in India have been divided into two major categories, Sutra and Shastra. Shastras are the detailed descriptions and Sutra are written in a more cryptic manner. They are indications, directions. They are said in a manner where it's easy to remember them, memorize them. So say for example, if you are thinking of memorizing Mahabharata, then you have to remember 100,000 verses, shlokas, which is a mammoth task, close to impossible. But it's easy to remember Patanjali Yoga Sutra aphorisms, which are 1200 words, 195 aphorisms, divided into four major chapters. And there is also a trick inside it. They are said in such a manner that you can remember it, but to understand the meaning behind it, because they are only pointing towards the detailed knowledge. To understand what is said, you need guidance, you need commentary, you need a detailed description, because they are only pointing towards the outline. Precise, every single word in it can never be changed, they cannot be substituted, they are just perfect in their own approach and, and uh, structure, configuration, but they can never be replaced. However, you can provide different commentaries upon it. That's why the moment Patanjali gave the Yoga Sutra, so many great souls, enlightened beings, the illuminated souls of India, they decided to write commentary upon it. Vyas wrote, the Vyas, Bhashya was written by Vyas, Acharya Shankar wrote, Vachaspati Mishra wrote, Tattvai Sharade, Vijnana Bhikshu wrote, Yoga Vartik, Nagoji Ganesh, Bhava Ganesh, Ramanand Saraswati, Hariharanand Aranya, Raja Bhoj, Martandavritte. So many great people have written the commentaries upon it, while the text itself is very small. 1200 words, 4 chapters, 195 aphorisms. That's it. So the idea behind it is that these sutras are said in a cryptic, mystical manner. And to understand the true meaning behind one has to go deep inside. One has to understand each and every word, each and every sutra, each and every verse in comprehensive, holistic and total manner. Without which, it would be impossible to understand the continuation of what is being said. They are said in a most beautiful manner. 
Patanjali has never used a word without any deep and divine purpose behind it. And every single verse is a continuation of the another. If you are unable to understand this one, it would be impossible for you to understand the other one. You cannot start like a series from the middle of it. You need to start from the beginning and you cannot leave it till you have reached to the end because every single verse is the continuation of the one that was said before. And Patanjali himself was such a remarkable being. He was in the lineage of Maharshi Angira. There are only seven Maharshis in the Indian tradition, Saptarishis. Among them was the Angira. And he came from that lineage. His father was Prachin Yogi, his guru was Kothum. And Patanjali was such a great soul that he wrote almost on every single major aspect of human personality. We have got the physical aspect to give purification to the physical aspect, Sharir. He wrote a textbook on Ayurveda. Then comes the speech, Vani. And to give the purification to the Vani, he wrote Vyakarana. Then comes the man, mind. To give purification, to give perfection to the mind, he wrote Yoga Sutra. Yogena chattasya padena vacham malam sharirasya chavedhikena. It says that Patanjali was so great that he wrote about impurities that can happen in all possible levels. Our physical impurities could be there. Impurities could be in our speech and impurities could be in our thinking, in our mindset. And purifying all those impurities, he gave this comprehensive compendium of the beautiful scriptures that came out from India, written in all possible levels, out of which Yoga Sutras are the most celebrated ones. Of course, the Vyakran is also celebrated, but Yoga Sutras are the most celebrated ones. And Yoga Sutras were embraced by each and every divine soul that came from India after Patanjali. And Patanjali was also special because he chose a way to speak that was never used before. So his first chapter starts with Samadhipad. It's called Samadhipad because this is where he is pointing. Those who are from academic background, they know that there is something called as the outcome-based syllabus. That before you start teaching, you need to tell the student that what are you going to get? If you study this, then what is the end point? If you are enrolling yourself into this course program, then what should you look for as the ultimate outcome of this study? And that's what he is saying, that if you are enrolling into this chapter, end point is Samadhi. Any yogic effort is meaningless if it hasn't reached to Samadhi. And that's why the first chapter is called Samadhipada. Samadhipada starts because today we are just actually talking about the first chapter so that the second chapter that I am about to begin, they both could be bridged together so that it becomes easier for one to understand that what was talked before and how we can continue from here on. So first chapter starts with Patanjali saying, Atha Yoga Anusashanam, let us talk about yoga as a discipline. 
what is yoga question comes and he gives the famous definition yogasya chitta vritti nirodha yoga is the banishment control cessation of all of vrittis of the chitta if i am able to accomplish that if i am able to have complete control over my vrittis then what would i get tada then drishtuhu i become a drishta i am neither a doer nor a participant i just become the witness of this grand spectacle i am here only as an audience my participation to it is like a flute's participation in a music it can flow through it but it would not give birth to a music on its own no karma is taking place through me i am only an instrument for it to take place i become drishta tada drishtuh swarupe avasthanam i become a mere witness and i become seated in my true pure consciousness swarupe avasthanam that is when i take the path of yoga that is when i reach to the end point of yoga that is when i accomplish samadhi third verse tada drishtuh swarupe avasthanam but what happens if i am unable to do it vritti sarupyam itiratra fourth verse he says itiratra otherwise sarupya identify i keep myself identified as being told by the vrittis of the chitta i am identifying to whatever the vrittis are telling me to identify i am not in my true consciousness but i am in a consciousness that is colored by my vrittis it's not a pure crystal it's a colored one it's not a clean glass it's a dirty one question comes what are the vrittis he talks about them he says vrittah panchatya klishtah aklishtah vrittis are five in number klisht and aklisht and are two types klisht and aklisht helpful and harmful supportive and detrimental they can lead for one to be freed from all possible bondages or they can give birth to the bondages they are both they are the gate either i can come in or i can go out same gate i can use that as an entry point or i can use that as an exit so they are doing nothing they are just facilitating what our vrittis are taking us just like that vrittya panchatya klishtya klishtya what are the vrittis what are those five vrittis pramana viparyay vikalpa nidra smriti he says five vrittis are pramana we use this word in the courts of india pramana means proof correct knowledge viparyay false knowledge vikalpa imagination nidra sleep smriti memory 
your mind would be in either of these five. There is nothing beyond that. It's such a scientific way to understand that if these five are there, mind is there. If they are gone, we are in a true consciousness. And these vrittis, he is explaining only for the reason that if you are able to understand that we are surrounded by these five, then we are not in our true consciousness. We are not in our swarupa. Pramana. First one he says, he defines them then. He says, Pramana is again of three types. Pratyakshanumana gamanani pramanani. He says, Pratyakshanumana agamaha pramanani. Pratyaksh means in front of the eyes. That is ultimate perception. Anuman means assumption, inference. Agam means verbal testimony. There is a fire, I see it. This is Pratyaksha. Or there is a smoke coming out from the window. So I haven't seen the fire, but I assume that there is a fire inside. Or somebody comes rushing to us and says that there is a fire. And we believe that's a verbal testimony. Neither we saw, neither we assumed, but we heard somebody saying it and we believed it. So he says, our understanding of the correct knowledge could reach to either of these three points, just like it happens in the court. In the court, either you have somebody who is saying that I saw it happening, or you have got somebody who provides the evidence for it. Like we saw somebody going inside, we saw somebody coming inside, nobody else went inside. So it is possible that what happened inside was done by the person that we saw going in and coming out. That is an inference or verbal testimony. There was someone who we did not see inside, but he came telling that I was there and I saw this happening. We take that as proof. So he says these three things, they provide us the correct knowledge. But also comes the false knowledge, Mithya Gyan Matadrupa Pratishtam. He says Mithya Gyan is the false knowledge that comes from the incorrect perception. Incorrect perception means it happened in front of my eyes, but I interpreted it wrongly. Imagine it like this, like you know, you know someone and you believe it, that you that is a good friend of you and he is smiling at you from long distance. You think that he must be saying something good about me. But there is also a person who doesn't like you, you don't like him and he is smiling at you from long distance. You may think that he is grinning. He is probably being satire, like you know, skeptical or it's more like a uh, smile that has got some other meaning. So it is the same thing, interpretations are different. Then comes the vikalp imagination, shabda jnana nupati vastu shunya vikalpa. The one that is devoid of reality is imagination. Abhav pratyalambana vritti nidra. He says sleep is the one which is devoid of any content. There is no content. And anubhut vishaya asampramosha asmritya. That those subjects, Smritis, memories, when we are able to retain those experiences with sensory objects that happened before. You can only memorize something that happened before. You cannot memorize something that hasn't taken place. Then Patanjali defines about the vrittis. He first starts with the definition of yoga. What is yoga? If you are able to take the path, that is samadhi. If you are unable to take, these are the vrittis. Then comes the question, okay, fine, now we understand the vrittis. How should we control it? He says, Abhyas, Vairagya Abhyam, Tan Nirodha. Twelfth verse, he starts with this. Tan, those, Nirodha, control. Those vrittis can be controlled with two things, Abhyas and Vairagya, that are called as the Samadhi Yoga together. 
अभ्यास एंड वैराग्य दीज टू थिंग्स टूगेदर कैन कंट्रोल द वृत्तीज तत्र स्थितो यत्नोभ्यास आउट ऑफ दीज टू विश टू अभ्यास एंड वैराग्य अभ्यास तत्र स्थितो यत्नोभ्यास अभ्यास इज डन टू डेवलप स्टिलनेस एंड स्टेबिलिटी you do the practice so that you can become firmly rooted in it anything that you do re regularly anything you do every day anything you do with persistence and perseverance you become good at it from the day that you started to do it everyone's speed may be different but you definitely become good from the day that you started to do it so he says tatrasthito yatno bhyasa abhyas practice is done to develop stability to develop stillness then he defines the abhyas he says satu dirghakala nirantara satkara sevita dridhume that is done for long period of time dirghakala nirantara without any interruption satkara with great respect sevita with devotion and then it becomes formally established we do practice so that our body which has become habitual of not following or following the unconscious rather it can be trained it can be controlled the impact upon the vrittis upon it can be managed supervised but then mind would still run it would still go for the sensory objects if we would not stop making the new karma then no matter how many times we purify the one before we would end up actually accumulating the new ones anyways if there is a leak from the roof not only we need to mop the floor but we also need to correct the leak so patanjali says both needs to be done together you also need to mop the floor you also need to do the practice but you also need to correct the leak so that new karma are not created how would you do that vairagya he says vairagya which is two types drashtanushavik vishaye vitrishnasya vashikara sangya vairagyam first vairagya is vashikara sangya which means drasht anushavik vishaye all those sensory objects which were either seen drisht anushravik heard developing a sense or a state of no craving for them i have got no craving for everything that either neither saw or heard or whatever i have got no desire and it's a very beautiful verse because if i develop an attachment for the things that i have seen it's a different thing but people are still attached to the things that they have never seen they may be attached to a celebrity that they have never seen they may be attached to a place that they have never seen they may be attached to a car that they never had they may be attached to a house that was never built it's all in imagination but they may still be attached to it he says anything that i heard or seen i develop no craving for it it is vashikar sangya vairagya but there is even a higher one तत्परम पुरुष ख्याते गुण वैतिष्टम देन कम्स द इवन हायर वन द वन दैट डेवलप्स ए रिनंसिएशन ए डिस्पैशन ए नो क्रेविन ए वैराग्य फॉर द गुडाज ऑफ द प्रकृति नॉट इवन देम कैन डिटैच मी फ्रॉम माई पाथ 
नॉट इवन दैम कैन डिस्ट्रैक्ट मी नॉट इवन दैम कैन डिसरप्ट मी नॉट इवन दैम कैन शेक मी नॉट इवन दैम कैन परटर्ब मी फ्रॉम माई पाथ सो फ्रॉम ट्वेल्थ टू सेवनटींथ वर्स ऑफ द फर्स्ट चैप्टर समाधिपाद पातंजलि सेज अभ्यास एंड वैराग्य वॉट इफ आई एम एबल टू गेट इट देन ही टॉक्स अबाउट द थ्री वर्सेस इन विच टू टाइप्स ऑफ समाधिज इज डिफाइनिंग फर्स्ट इज संप्रज्ञात वितर्क विचार आनंद अस्मिता अनुगपात संप्रज्ञात देन कम्स द संप्रज्ञात समाधि इन विच वितर्क क्वेश्चन आर गॉन विचार थॉट्स आर गॉन माइंड इज गॉन आनंद इमोशन सेंटिमेंट्स इंपल्सेस अर्जेस काम डाउन अस्मिता द कॉन्सेप्ट ऑफ आईनेस ऑल बिकेम साइलेंट लाइक ए सी नथिंग इज हैपनिंग संप्रज्ञात देन कम्स टू असंप्रज्ञात द हायर वन इन संप्रज्ञात देर इज ए लाइट इट द वर्ड कम्स फ्रॉम सम मीन्स लाइक यू नो इक्वल प्रज्ञा मीन्स द ब्लिसफुल लाइट एंड दैट इज कमिंग दैट इज देयर माइंड इज नॉट शेकन बट स्टिल संस्कार आर देयर द संस्कार दैट वी क्रिएटेड बिफोर दे नीड टू बी प्यूरिफाइड सो ही सेज विराम प्रत्यय अभ्यास पूर्व संस्कार शेषोन्य एंड अन अदर वर्ड्स विच इज भव प्रत्यय विधेय प्रकृति लया नाम दैट इन द नेक्स्ट स्टेज यू कैन रीच फ्रॉम टू पॉइंट्स आइदर यू कैन रीच बाई अभ्यास पूर्व that you can reach by doing the practice again and again which is what he is talking about abhyas vairagya abhyam tannirodha 12th verse or you can come straight way in there are people although very rare who have reached to this level by practicing by vairagya and then they had to leave their this body mortal form then they were born again and when they are born again they don't have to repeat the entire semester they come only to give the examination bhav pratyah videh prakriti laya naam they are called videh prakriti laya they come here and there is a beautiful verse comes elsewhere in the scriptures for them that they come and their arrival to this planet is like the footsteps of the birds in the sky there are no footsteps of the birds in the sky so they come and they leave they come so silently and they come without making any noise bhav pratyay videh prakriti layanam question comes is that's the only way is abhyas and vairagya only way he says no there are other ways also shraddha virya smriti samadhi pragya purvak itresham He says other people can also reach there by shraddha, faith, vir, absolute determination, smriti by remembering who they were. When the Gita finishes, then Arjun says, "Smriti labdha mohanastu." I am able to remember what I truly am. So if I am able to remember what I am, aham brahmasme. If I am able to remember, remembering does not mean memorizing and mugging up the information. But if I am able to feel in tune with that knowledge that i am the divine consciousness then that's it then also i reach tivra samvega naam asanna 
he says it depends upon the intensity of how you approach like any other path of the life some people are working like you know the same job but other people get the result because there is nothing but this is the only thing they are trying to do the intensity of our approach the intensity of my effort would determine tivra samvega naam asanna he says those people reach the first who are trying hardest mridu madhya adhimatra twat tatopi vishesha in them also there is a distinction of mridu madhya and adhimatra small medium and fast like in any you know dimension of the life some people are running non stop some people are running like forest camp like you know i would not stop till i have reached to the point and some people are going slow there are rabbits and there are like you know tortoises but they both reach to the destination as long as the direction is right so he says direction is right then it depends upon the determination it depends upon the effort they will reach if not today then tomorrow but the direction should be right then he says a beautiful verse he says ishwar padendhanadva those people also get it who have got utmost devotion for ishwar then comes the question who is ishwar he hasn't talked about it before so then he gives the definition of the ishwar in next five verses he says klesh karma vipak aashay aparamrishtah purush visheshah ishwara that ishwar has got three qualities one he is never aparamrishtah he was never touched never touched would and also would never be touched by karma karma is a quality of the prakriti those who are engulfed into the prakriti they do the karma klesh is responsible for karma that we would talk about the second chapter karma brings the result and that result is called vipak and where this information is stored that is called ashay so anyone who has done the karma has got these four things he says aparamrishta ishwar is that special kind of purush that special soul which was never ever touched by any approach of the prakriti no karma ever why did he have to say purush vishesha because there are people who are liberated like bhagwan buddha lord buddha is there pujya gurudev is there there are people who are great souls who got themselves liberated by taking this path but ishwar is the one who was never born would never be born he was never touched tatra niratishayam sarvagya bijam he says in him the knowledge reaches to the ultimate pinnacle there is nothing beyond it purve shamapi guruh kale nan avachhedat and he was before the time he was before anything was ever born it's not like that he is like sun even sun had a birth even everything had a big bang and there was a genesis there was a point where it started he says there was no start and no end of ishwar he is everything and he is nothing tasya vachaka pranava and he could be denoted by pranava om tajjabas tadarth bhavanam so one way to reach to him he says is by doing its recitation japa 
कदर्थ भावनम एंड फोकसिंग अपॉन इट्स मीनिंग एंड द मैसेज दैट इट इज कैरिंग आई एम ए स्टूडेंट सो आई एम आस्किंग दैट ओके फाइन आई एम डूइंग इट वट वुड आई गेट इन रिजल्ट सो ही सेस ततः प्रत्यक चेतना अधिगम अपि अंतराय भावश्च इफ यू डू दैट प्रत्यक चेतना ट्रू कॉन्शियसनेस अधिगम you get the realization of the inner consciousness and now he introduces a new word api means also antaraya abhavashya and you also develop an absence of the antaraya antaraya means interruptions what are the interruptions in the path of yoga sadhana these interruptions are the ones which create obstacles which create problems in the path of a yogi what are those vyadhi istyana sanchaya vyadhi means disease if i develop a disease then of course my regularity of the practice would be disturbed istyana means having a no desire to do any practice no interest sanchaya means doubt i doubt whether i am doing it whether i will get any result pramad alasya varati Pramad means mental laziness, alasya means physical laziness, and avirati means attachment. Bhranti darshan means confusion. Alabdh bhumikatattu means inability to concentrate. Anavasthi tattvani chitta vikshepahate antaraya. He says these are the ones. Anavasthi tattvani means instability. So he names all of them. The problems could be ranging from an illness. to laziness from a mental difficulty to a physical difficulty to difficulty to concentrate and these are he says and they are not the only ones which got the problem but they also have got side kicks and that he calls as the vikshep sahbhava that comes in the next verse dukh dormanas sangmejet to shwas prashwas vikshep sahbhava dukh whenever they come they come with suffering dormanas anguish angmejat shaking of the body and shashu prashwas inability to concentrate uh, uh, control the inhalation and exhalation if somebody is in a moment of rage and and uh, anguish first thing that goes is the control upon the breathing person starts to feel so anxious um, in a state of anguish in a state of disharmony so he says dukh dwarmanas angmejet shwas prashwas vikshepah sabhava how to control it tatah pratishedhartham ek tattva abhyasa they can be negated they can be controlled by focusing on one element which element now comes the question which element there are so many elements so then he talks about seven different parikarma preparatory practices one in each verse by doing which or by focusing on one of those elements one can reach to a state of no interruptions within what are those comes the famous verse maitri karuna mudita upekshanam sukh dukh punya punya vishayanam bhavanas chitta prasadanam that by developing a feeling of respect for those who are in their phase of punya 
by developing a state of friendship for those who have got the light but some amount of darkness by developing a feeling of compassion for those who are in a state of darkness but there is a possibility to light and by developing ambivalence for those who are in a complete state of darkness that's one way to do it and it is called chitta prasadan then he says pracchardhan vidharadabhyavva pradasya pranayam is another way to do it and vishayavati va pravritti utpanna manasahisthiti nibandhini there is also another way to do it which is by focusing on one sense only just like tratak if you follow the practice of the yoga you know that only focusing on one element only focusing on the the light on the flame on the center point of the flame that is also one way to develop absolute concentration then he said vishoka va jyotishmate another way to do it is to reach a painless luminous state of the mind or vitrag vishyam va chittam or by focusing upon or concentrating upon or contemplating upon the lives of those who reach to the absolute pinnacle great souls enlightened beings vitrag and sapnitra gyan alambanam va also focusing upon the knowledge that was ever given to us in a divine dream and then comes a very beautiful verse yatha bimat dhyanadva or by focusing anything that your inner conscience is approving of but do it do not run away from it do it yatha bimat dhyanadva i am able to do all that i did abhyas i did vairagya i did parikarma i get got rid of the antaraya interruptions what would i develop he says parmanu param mahatva antosya vashikara that person develops an absolute control vashikar absolute control upon parmanu the smallest of the atom to param mahatva infinite magnitude from the smallest to the biggest person develops an absolute and complete control and this person he becomes he says like of pure crystal because everything that was dirty has now been purified sheena vritte vrittis have become sheena they haven't gone but they have become feeble very small negligible abhijatasya meva mane and this person becomes like purest crystal beautiful elite pristine crystal tatasthat anjanata samapatte and have reached to a state of samapatte he has reached to a state of such kind of sampragyat samadhi where vrittis have become small it is the first stage then comes what he says tatra shabd arth gyan vikalpe sankirna savitarka samapatte but still there are two stages savitarka and nivitarka samadhi it's again divided into two savitarka means when my mind is become still clarity of the mind is almost reached but 
if a word is said there would be something giving birth inside me because of the long lasting memories of umpteen number of lives so if somebody says cow my mind would immediately create a picture it's not a distraction but it is a long lasting habit smriti parishuddha it comes because memory is there so he says then we still need to purify i have deleted the folder from my computer and laptop but i still need to delete from the recycle bin then only it would go he says delete the recycle bin smriti parishuddha swarup shunya evarth matra nirbhasa nirvitarka then reaches the nirvitarka samadhi etayev savichara nirvichara cha sukshma vishaya vyakhyata in the same manner you can also define the savichar and nirvichar samadhi sukshma vishyatvam alinga parivasanam and this can continue as long as the prakriti is there the minutest element of the prakriti alinga you can take this information up to there taev sabija samadhi as long as we are in the perimeter of the prakriti maximum we can reach is the sabija samadhi seed is still there everything else has been burned but there is a possibility of the seed to give birth to a tree that also needs to be cut which is the last stage nirvicharah vaisharadya adhyatma prasada he says then comes the true bliss of the spiritual adventure that is the real prasad rest everything is not so important this is the only thing that is worth having nirvichar and what is the prasad what is the gift what is the divine uh, upahar that we are getting ratam bhara tatra pragya that you develop a doubtless knowledge a knowledge that cannot come from within the prakriti it is beyond it comes from the unknown realms of the consciousness that's why he says that shrutanumana pragyabhyam anya vishya visheshartatvat what it would give birth to no one can predict because it is something that can never be taught in the scriptures it would be very unique exceptional and no one knows where it would lead to because it comes from the unknown uncharted territory of the human consciousness beyond prakriti beyond the last known frontier of the human consciousness it transcends it and that's where it comes from that's why he says tajjah sanskaro pratibandho anya sanskara pratibandhe then it gives birth to a type of life sanskar which stops any other sanskar to grow once you become buddha you have reached to buddhatva it answers that question that once you have become gurudev and you have reached to the ultimate enlightenment then what is your purpose to be here what kind of karma you are doing from there on the karma that you are doing there on is the one that is coming from pragya and that stops any other karma to take place you are only here to do one karma that came from beyond now 
that is the last thread. Even if you stop that, even if you go beyond it, then you reach the Nirvij Samadhi, which is the last verse. He says, Tatra Nirodha, Sarva Nirodha, Nirvija Samadhi. Then you accomplish the last known frontier of any yogic journey, which is the Nirvija Samadhi. Samadhi path starts by giving a direction, an indication towards Samadhi. And now we will start how, what kind of practices one needs to do to reach there. That's why the other chapter, the second chapter that we are starting is called Sadhanapad. Way to do it, tools to do it, instruments to do it. So we will do that in the discussions just after this one. Thank you for patiently listening. I end by doing the Shanti part, the mantra for universal peace. Om Dyor Shanti Rantaharikshagvam Shanti He Prithave Shanti Rapaha Shanti Roshadhaya Shanti Vanaspataya Shanti Vishwe Deva Shanti Brahma Shanti Sarvagvam Shanti Shanti Reva Shanti Sama Shanti Redhe Om Shanti 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 Sarvarishta Sushanti Rabhavatu हमारे YouTube चैनल शांति कुंजक वीडियो गायत्री परिवार को सब्सक्राइब करें एवं बेल आइकन जरूर दबाएं ताकि गायत्री परिवार की विभिन्न गतिविधियों की जानकारी आपको मिलती रहे